we are in Eastertide in the church calendar. And I just want to recap what we've been through recently. On our Palm Sunday, we discovered Jesus' obedience to the cross, which was at the heart of the gospel. And on Easter Sunday, we discovered that the resurrection is the good news at the heart of our faith. On Low Sunday, we discovered that forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. And today is Ordinary Sunday in Easter time. And we'll be thinking about Thomas, whose encounter with Jesus was far from ordinary. More extraordinary, I think, as we ask the question, is it okay to have doubts? Is it okay to have doubts? This won't come as a big shock to us to learn that many people in our contemporary society and local community would say they don't really have a faith. In my experience, one of the biggest reasons for doubts and even unbelief is the problem of suffering and a perception of a lack of divine intervention. The existence of suffering is an obstacle for so many people. Faith or trust is difficult for some people. But what does it mean to have faith? Some definitions of faith include a complete confidence in a person, plan, or product, a strong belief in a supernatural power or powers that control human destiny, an institution to express belief in a divine power, and loyal allegiance to a cause, to a person or to an idea. Faith is trust in something or someone. Based on those definitions, I would argue that everybody lives by faith. Everybody lives by faith. Everybody has a faith in something. Most people trust in something to some extent. The difference is the object of that faith and where that trust is placed. As disciples of Jesus, we put our trust in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in his word. Those who don't know Jesus are placing their trust elsewhere, either explicitly in false gods or putting the trust in themselves in other people, in wealth, in materialism, in political systems or ideologies, in philosophy, in morality, in medical science and technological advancement. And today we will be reflecting on Thomas's experience of unbelief and doubt when he met the risen Jesus. So I feel this story ties in with Thomas's story. It's a story some of you have heard me say before. When I was in my early 20s, I had an experience where I was serving in the Midlands as an intern in a church, and I went through some difficult disappointments where I felt quite hurt by, by somebody in the church. And... Um, that was one of the reasons, among other reasons, why I felt that doing church and being a Christian hurts. And actually, I want to try life without God. And so I moved back home to Cornwall from the Midlands, um, knowing that I was leaving behind a good network 
of friendships who supported me. Nonetheless, I decided to adamantly follow my own way, make my own way in life, free, free of my commitment to God. And so life was just ticking along quite well. Um, I got a job, I started to make new friends, and uh, one day I was waiting for, for um, a friend in town when um, she was running late. She was working and she was running late and I was just stood in town in Truro waiting for her to have a coffee. And um, as I was waiting for her, I was just looking at people in town that day and I noticed this lady walk past and then she came back and she said, excuse me, I don't normally do this, but I'm a Christian and I just wanted to tell you that God loves you and he sees your tender heart. And I knew in those moments that that was God reaching out to me. Despite the fact I tried to run away from him, do life without him, he wanted me back. Despite my doubts about his goodness and the faithfulness of his people, he wanted to encounter me again. And I got talking to this brave lady who said it's the first time she's ever done anything like that before, but she felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to talk to me and tell me that word. And um, the following week, I went to her church, and when I arrived at her church, she leapt with joy, started weeping, and embraced me and gave me a big hug. And... Um, My doubts led me down a path of independence and isolation. But God had other plans. It showed me that day that despite it being a busy day in town, God was pursuing me and interested in me. That lady could have picked anybody else, but God came to me through her, through her courage. My doubts were not an issue for God. They were not an obstacle for him to reach back into my life. And from that moment on, I have continued to follow the Lord, trusting in him. Um, so I share that because I, I feel it's appropriate with Thomas's story. So let's dive back into the text. Last week, we saw how the disciples were scared and they went into hiding. But Jesus appeared to them through locked doors and he blessed them with his peace and breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. Their fears vanished and their courage was renewed. They had seen for themselves that their master and their friend was alive in the flesh, in that room. The disciples were blessed with the presence of God and they were blessed by his peace. Then Jesus commissioned and empowered them to share the good news of forgiveness with the entire world. Now they were waiting in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised them, which they would receive in fullness at Pentecost. But remember, Thomas had been missing from that upper room during the disciples' first encounter with Jesus. When Jesus came to his disciples, where had Thomas been? Where was he? Why was he separated from his friends on the evening of Resurrection Day? 
Today I want to think about Thomas, his hurt, that he missed out, that he was honest, that he was scared, and that he encountered the risen Jesus. Firstly, Thomas was hurting in his pain and grief at the death of his master and his friend. Thomas withdrew from his community. He withdrew from the fellowship of his brothers and sisters. Rather than seeking togetherness with his church family, which offered him love and support, he sought the solitude of loneliness, self-pity and isolation. When sorrow or sadness envelops us, and our life circumstances leave us hurting, it's understandably tempting just to shut ourselves away, to see others just like Thomas did, as inapproachable, as incapable of supporting him in his pain. But when we're actually feeling depressed and defeated, that's when we need our church family the most. Our need for our family is even greater in the times of our greatest pain. Thomas was hurting. Secondly, Thomas missed out. As Jesus' people, if we separate ourselves from our church family, choosing to be alone rather than together, we miss out on God's blessing in our lives. Unfortunately, Thomas had not been in the upper room when Jesus first appeared to the disciples. And he completely missed out on the blessing they had all received. And he struggled to believe them when they told him about all that had happened, that Jesus was alive and that he blessed them and gave them his commission to be people of forgiveness. Thomas offers the church an important warning And it's to not intentionally miss meeting with God's people on the Lord's day. If Thomas had been together with with the disciples, he would have received all that they had received. Remember, they saw Jesus, heard his words of peace, received his forgiveness commission, and encountered the breath of the Holy Spirit. Thomas could have spared himself a week of fear sadness, anger, and unbelief if he'd met with his church family. There is a time to be alone. There is a time to be alone. But not when we need our church family the most. The presence of Jesus' people in our lives should help us in our moments of pain, in our moments of doubt, And by being together in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can encounter the risen Jesus and we can see him face to face. We see him in the faces of one another. We must meet together. Thirdly, Thomas was honest. He was honest. He had integrity. He was an admirable character. Because he was not willing to say that he understood when he didn't. He's the person you want at your Bible study. He's the person that asked the difficult questions. The person that perhaps asked the questions that you yourself wanted to ask, but lacked the courage. 
Thomas was consistently honest about his own journey of faith. He was not willing to pretend his doubts didn't exist. And that is healthy. That is healthy. Thomas wasn't even willing to believe the words of testimony of his closest friends. His friends had seen Jesus, but he wouldn't believe it. He would not believe it. The disciples told Thomas, Thomas, we've seen the risen Lord. To paraphrase Thomas, he said, I don't believe you until I see him risen and I've touched his wounds, until I've seen the scars from the nails and the scar from the incision of the spear, I will not believe it. Thomas had to be sure and he had to see Jesus for himself. Thomas was the kind of man that took things seriously, pressing in to find answers. He strikes me as a very strong-minded individual and uncompromising. He was interested in finding out the truth. He was interested in finding out the truth and his doubts were okay. But doubt itself is not meant to be a permanent state of mind. We must not remain in doubt, because if we do, it can hinder our progression, can hinder our progress. Doubts can benefit us, though by usefully encouraging rethinking. Doubts can sharpen the mind and inspire us to dig deeper into the hard questions. Doubts can lead to greater levels of faith and deeper levels of experience in God. Just as they did for Thomas. Doubts help us ask honest questions and find satisfactory answers. Doubts are okay. Fourthly, Thomas encountered Jesus. Thomas had met his friends, but rejected their account of the risen Lord Jesus. Eight days later, Thomas was in their company again. And again, they were behind locked doors when all of a sudden Jesus appeared to them and said to them, peace be with you. Turning his attention to Thomas, Jesus invited him to touch his scarred body just as Thomas had wanted. Interestingly, Jesus knew what Thomas needed in order to believe. Jesus knew him well, didn't he? And he knows us well, and he knows what we need. I can just imagine Thomas in a state of awe and shock, inspecting the marks of Jesus' ordeal. As Jesus says to him, don't be faithless any longer, believe. Thomas's honest doubts led to a personal, profound, and intimate encounter with Jesus. Our honesty with God helps us in our moments of doubt and leads us to encountering the living God. It's tempting, isn't it, to criticise Thomas the doubter. But in the Eastern Orthodox Church, he is called Thomas the Confessor. Notice that Jesus wasn't hard on Thomas for his doubts. 
Thomas needed to be able to express his doubts. And we need to be allowed to voice our doubts and our questions in order to find satisfactory answers to the difficult questions in life. Jesus did not rebuke Thomas for his doubts, and he will not rebuke us for ours. Fifthly, Thomas was scared. Doubt is only a problem when it moves us away from its purpose of discovering the truth of who Jesus really is. Moves us towards stubbornness of mind that's not genuinely interested in finding answers and discovering the truth. That's when doubt's a problem, when it moves us into unbelief. Maybe Thomas was scared because remember, he had deserted Jesus. He abandoned him. And if Jesus was alive, maybe this time Jesus would reject him. Seeing Jesus' face, seeing him face to face, would bring him face to face with his own failures. Maybe that was just too painful for him. Sometimes the world feels too difficult to face, and it's easier to remain in a state of doubt and isolate ourselves rather than face the hard questions head on. Maybe the problem of suffering in the world starts with us. Maybe it starts with us. And we don't even want to think about the contribution we've made to the way the world is. As we see with Thomas meeting Jesus, Jesus showed him love and compassion, not condemnation, but hope. Standing in awe, Thomas declared, my Lord and my God. Jesus told Thomas he was blessed because he had seen him and touched the marks. Jesus then declared that those who believe in him without seeing will be blessed. You and I may not have seen Jesus in the way Thomas did, but we are blessed if we believe in him. We have all the proof we need to trust in him. We have his holy word, the story about him. We have the testimony of our brothers and sisters. A physical appearance of Jesus could not make him any more real to us than he is now. Jesus said, blessed are you who believe in me. Blessed are we who believe in him. Doubts are normal, and it's okay to have doubts. As we saw with Thomas, doubts can lead us to greater levels of encounter and deepen our levels of intimacy with Jesus. The problem is when our doubts don't move us positively forward. That's the problem. When doubts hinder our momentum and morph us into unbelief. That's the problem with doubts. I commend Thomas because he didn't give up. He was persistent even in his grief and disappointment. He wanted to know the truth and the truth he discovered set him free, didn't it? I want to offer three very simple practical responses if 
we're wrestling with doubts. Firstly, look back. Look back. Thomas didn't seem to look back at the life he had lived as a disciple following Jesus with an optimistic faith. If he would have looked back, he would have remembered all of the incredible things he witnessed Jesus achieve. Remember, he had witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Looking back means looking at God's past action in our lives and not allowing unbelief to consume us. Okay? When in doubt, remember the past. When in doubt, remember the past. Secondly, look beside. Look beside. So we've had look back. Now we have look beside. Thomas chose unbelief because he wasn't willing to listen to his friends and believe their words of testimony about Jesus. In our doubts, we mustn't remove ourselves from our church family, but we must spend time in the company of those who know and love Jesus, looking to them for encouragement, looking to them for answers and reassurance. Unlike Thomas, listen to the powerful words of testimony of our brothers and sisters. Looking beside means looking to our church family in our doubts. When in doubt, you need your friends. You need your friends. And thirdly, and finally, look up. Look up. Have you ever thought trusting in Jesus would be much easier if we could actually see him, touch him, or hear him? Thomas wanted Jesus' physical presence, didn't he? But God's plan was not to limit himself to one physical body. He wants to be present with you and me at all times. And he's made that possible through his Holy Spirit. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit, you can share everything with Jesus in prayer. And find his words to you in the passages of our Bible, the Holy Bible. Jesus is as real to us as he was Thomas and the disciples. Remember that. Jesus is as real to you now as he was then. Looking up means looking to God in our doubts. When in doubt, pursue Jesus. You have the tools. You have his word. You have his past action in your life. You have your brothers and sisters who all have a story to share. Even though Thomas missed the meeting, Jesus missed Thomas and met him face to face. I'm coming into land now. We're going to answer the question. Get ready. Is it okay to have doubts? Yes. Yes, it's okay. Jesus' best friends, who were so close they could physically touch him, had doubts about him. It's okay to have doubts because they can help us move deeper into trusting in Jesus. And trust in Jesus is at the heart of the gospel that we live for. Just like Jesus came to Thomas in his pain. Jesus wants to come to you in yours. He loves you with his everlasting love. 
And just like he met Thomas in his grief, he wants to meet you today in with whatever you're facing in life. He loves you, he has a plan for you, and he will not quit pursuing you. I know this is the truth because I've experienced it. That day in Truro, when I felt lost, when I felt hurt, and when I decided to turn away from God, he showed me that he was pursuing me, and he showed me that he's pursuing you. Trust in him. Amen. Let's pray. Loving Saviour, thank you that we've all been called to trust in you. Thank you that you use our doubts to bring us closer, just like Thomas. Bring us all closer to you. We pray for those who know you but need a fresh encounter. And we pray for those who need to experience you for the first time. May you break through any barriers. Meet your people. Thank you that you are merciful and patient with us, even in all of our uncertainty. Lord, help us to believe and trust in you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.